Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Presbyterian Children's Homes and Services is the focus of today's show. I have two representatives in studio to help me understand how this organization works and who it helps. We're going to start off with their Director of Development, Sarah Craig. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much for joining me. All right, this is a monster organization. Yes. You guys are big. That was one of the things that we were just talking about offline You help the entire state of Texas. You guys also help Missouri and Louisiana. Where do you work? Where do you fit in geographically in this organization? Yes. So I work out of our uh, Dallas office, and we also have over 20 locations all throughout the state. So you're all over the place. Yes. Now, do you focus on Dallas, or is that just where you're based in? That's where I'm based. My specific job, I work with representatives of PCHAS all over the state. All right. Let's get down to the basics. It's a great way to start off conversations like this. What is this organization? What do you guys do? We are a social work organization that helps children and families. And our mission is to provide Christ-centered care and support for children and families in need. What exactly does that mean? That means that we walk alongside children and families to really uh, obtain two outcomes. We have two goals, really permanent homes for children and self-sufficiency for families. So that means permanent homes for children, whatever that may mean through either strengthening their birth family, their biological family, or that may mean through pathways of adoption or foster care. Um, But our outcome is to have permanent homes for children. And self-sufficiency for families is we walk alongside families and help strengthen them to obtain self-sufficiency. This organization has a lot of tentacles. You guys do a lot of of different things. Has the organization always provided so many different programs to the community? Sure. So we actually started in 1903, and we started as an orphanage for children, and that was how they cared for children who did not have families in that day. Obviously, social needs have changed a lot over the years, and we have changed along with it. So as social needs and communities have changed and how— as the way we care for children has changed, we've changed our organization to meet those needs. I don't feel like you ever really hear the term orphanage anymore. Is that still a usable term? No, that's really more an outdated terminology. Now you hear more terms like foster care or adoption, things like that. That's primarily the way you hear folks care so for children. So we've moved past that. Yes. Orphanage tends to bring forth images of large sort of community style living in like one large building. And that's not what we do today. We care for kids in safe, loving individual homes in the community. You get that kind of depression era look in your, like that that thing that comes to your head. That's what it is when you hear orphanage, not what you guys are doing here. Absolutely. We're caring for kids in homes where they have support and love and where they have foster parents or biological parents who can help them work through things and have happy, healthy outcomes. Let's talk the basics. Talk to me about the difference between adoption and foster care. What are the differences between those two? Sure. So with PCHAS, we work with 
birth mothers who are experiencing an unintended pregnancy and are considering adoption. So we have a non-judgmental counseling services that are available for these women. Every pregnancy, of course, brings fears, brings questions, but there are many, many more when it's not planned. Mm. And especially if the mom doesn't have the support and resources she needs. So we are available to help these women talk through what's going on in their lives and to think through what's needed for them to successfully parent their child. We talk about adoption and what it might be like if they chose for someone else to raise their child. It's not an easy conversation, but it can be empowering to these women who are in crisis. We help them access resources that they need and our goals for every woman we serve to feel cared for, to feel valued, empowered, and confident in whatever choice they make. We're here to help them make the most important decision for their child. What area of this does the organization focus on? Is is there something that the organization sees a lot more than the other? Is it largely adoption? Is it largely foster care? Is it largely just helping families strengthen? What does the organization see the most, let's say? It's really both. We are working in a lot of community-based programs, like we have a child a child and family program, where we're working in individual homes in the community with families who are in crisis. And we actually have social workers who go into their home and work with these families. And it may be families who are in poverty. It may be families who are dealing with um, various maybe um, just behavioral issues with their children. It may be families who are facing real crisis and helping these social workers help them walk through that so that their children can stay in their home so that we can make sure their home's a safe, nurturing environment for those children. But we also do a lot of work with families when the child cannot stay in that home. So foster care is a lot of what we do as well. And there's three different types of foster care that we really uh, focus on, if you will or in general. And um, one of those being, of course, traditional foster care when CPS, Child Protective Services, investigates a family and a judge determines it's not safe for that child to stay in that home. We, the state turns to organizations like Peaches who can help find a loving, safe, nurturing home for that family. How common is that? How often do you guys see that where the system gets involved and kids are put into foster care? There are thousands of children each year around the state of Texas that or in foster care. So very common for the organization. It's common for us to deal with it, yes. So you're dealing with foster care probably the most, you're saying, and that's normally, usually from, I guess the best way to put it would be from the system, or the system gets involved? Sure. So yes, children come to us from Child Protective Services. Child Protective Services is the state agency that investigates different uh, complaints or uh, that are filed and then makes a determination if that child can stay in that home or not. And then we really come in when it's determined that that child needs somewhere else to stay that's safe and nurturing. It might be temporarily um, an average stay in foster care is 12 to 18 months, um, or it might be, you know, helping that child find a permanent placement. We also work a lot with kinship families. And what kinship means is it is either a family or close friend who that child is placed with. I have heard of this, but I'd never heard the term kinship care. I'd never heard that term. Sure. How often does that happen? That to me seems like one of the best situations because the kids are going to be familiar with that person, at least a little bit more than a complete stranger, right? Sure. 
Yes, absolutely. And that is a wonderful outcome for a child. Um, many times these families are precious. Many times they do not have very much notice that this child is going to be coming into their care. So they may not, it may be a very last minute thing where this child shows up on their doorstep and they have to sort of rearrange their lives to accommodate that. But um, it's definitely a great outcome for a child to end up with someone that they are familiar with. And when we can help that home be safe and loving, either temporarily while they're their parents may work through things to be able to provide a loving home for them again, but uh, it sometimes ends up being a permanent outcome as well. Is it the organization's job to talk to these family members and vet out the situation before the kids go over there? Does CPS have some portion of that responsibility? How does that really work? Especially, I think, in the kinship uh, care, because you said that this is a fast-moving situation, that this happens quickly. Absolutely. Um, so as far as the vetting of the kinship families, Child Protective Services typically vets the kinship families, and then they are then partnered with an agency like PCHAS who goes through the entire licensing process of these kinship families and does further determinations along the way as to whether that family can provide a safe, loving, stable home for that child. If they go through the steps of becoming a licensed foster parent, licensed kinship family, then they can receive many more resources, including financial assistance. Presbyterian Children's Homes and Services are my guests today. You can find them online at pchas.org or give them a call, 800-888-1904. Sarah Craig is their development director of development, excuse me. Actually, let's talk about that. What do you do as the director of development for this organization? Yes, I support the mission and actually spreading the good news of PCHAS around the state. And I help raise money for the organization and raise in-kind goods and really help bring together people who want to help children and children who need help. It's my job to help bring those two together. A lot of organizations that that job falls on people that don't necessarily want to do it. This is exactly what you do for this organization. Did you have experience uh, either in this sector or within fundraising and things like that sure, before I, you came here? I actually had a social work degree, but then I had been in a sales job. So the two sort of went together beautifully. That's I, always why I ask. A lot of times it's these perfect scenarios that line up uh, when you come to an organization like this. So you worked in sales. Did you work in the nonprofit sector before this? Yes. So I worked in social work in a group home environment, okay. uh, support actually in our Missouri group home uh, that we're connected with in Springfield. I worked there for a couple years and then completed my degree and uh, got a sales job for a couple years and then wanted to go back into the nonprofit sector. What made you want to come back to that? I'm very passionate about helping kids in any way possible and very passionate about children in foster care who need loving, supportive homes. And this was a great match of my skill set and my passion. Is there a reason for that? Was there something that helped you discover that you had a passion for helping out kids that are in need like this? Uh, working in the group home, I think that once you hear stories of children and all that they have overcome and been through, I don't think that there's a human on the planet that would not want to help make their situations better. So when you were still a student, I guess, is when you first were kind of introduced to this the whole area. So uh, actually, when the economy crashed in 2008, I lost my job and I got a job in a group home. And that was how I was exposed to the industry initially. And because of the passion I discovered working in that group home, it actually led me to go back and finish my degree. 
and you found, you said that you were somehow connected to this organization when you were in Missouri. Yes. So you knew about this organization and you wanted to jump in. I actually, when I came to Dallas and finished my degree, I my cousin worked for PCHAS. And uh, when I clicked on their website, I saw they had services in Missouri and the organization I used to work for had merged with this organization. So, wow. Yes. So it kind of worked out perfectly. It did. It worked out. All right. So now you are the director of development for this organization. How long have you been a part of PCHAS? Almost five years. Almost five years. So yes. is this? it's already a huge organization. Like I said, three different states. You're all Just Texas enough alone would be enough to qualify you guys as a huge organization. You've added other states. Has there been a lot of growth since you have started with the organization? Have you seen it growing? Absolutely, yes. We Any chance that the finances allow, we are adding programs to communities where there's a need. We also are partnering many times. Uh, we, about two years ago, merged with an organization who uh, in Missouri, and that is how we became in to serve in that state. And we merged with them and almost doubled in size. How many kids and families uh, is this organization helping? Do you have numbers on Just that? Just over 4,500 kids and families annually. Do people not really understand the scope of adoption and foster care and the whole system? You don't honestly hear about it all that often. I'm, the more we're talking, the more I'm figuring how ignorant I am uh, to kind of all this stuff. Is it larger than people expect? Absolutely. And part of why I think there are a lot of uh, misinformation pieces out there, but also there many times children who are in child protective services are in, there are privacy laws that protect them and they are children that are minors who are in difficult situations. So uh, a lot of times the details of their situations can't be talked about broadly. So it can sometimes fly under the radar in that way. A lot of times when you're dealing with kids, you kind of forget that there are certain things you can and can't talk about legally. I never thought of that being a factor in why you don't hear a lot about foster homes or adoption or those kind of things. But that actually really kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Is there a program or a function that PCHAS serves the community that really stands out to you? Is, is there is there a function that you really like? Is there something that kind of speaks to you? I love our preventative services uh, we have several of those on campuses around the state. And then also, as I mentioned, the child and family program where we work in homes with families. We also have uh, two programs, single parent family and transitional living that are on campuses in around the state. And in those two programs, we're really working to prevent individuals from ending up in situations where they're becoming homeless or things like that. Uh, for example, single parent family is helping families who are in crisis. They're either currently home homeless or couch surfing or potentially living out of a car or they're facing eviction and many of these individuals do not have any other form of support and uh, without our organization they would end up on the streets with their children and so we help these families come alongside them to not just put a band-aid on the problem we really want to create a long-term solution that will help these families come out of poverty and stand self-sufficiently on their own two feet. Preventative services it seems more and more popular with the organization's uh, that I interview and, and work with that used to be you're fixing the problem. It seems like now a huge focus on let's prevent that problem. Has preventative services been something that the organization has focused on more uh, lately? Absolutely. About uh, a little over 20 years ago, we really began to reevaluate how we served kids and families. We were always serving children once they were coming out of a broken home and once the abuse and neglect had reached uh, a real uh, 
significant point. And we wanted to begin to help those kids and families before. And how could we help families when their stress levels were high and help actually reduce those stress levels? So that's what we've begun to do over the last 20 plus years. Is there a residential component for some of these families? Because what you're saying is families that are already homeless, maybe on the verge, uh, Families that are couch surfing, that's another thing that people don't talk about. They don't realize that the numbers for that are absolutely huge. Is there a place where you can take these families and help them get on their feet before anything else bad happens? Yes, absolutely. So we have campuses in Waxahachie, Houston, and San Antonio uh, in in Texas. And in addition, we have a campus in Farmington that helps in Farmington, Missouri, that helps single parent families. So they can actually live on our campus anywhere from 12 to typically 18 months. And during that time frame, we're helping them find a better career path. We don't just want to just uh, any job uh, will work because sometimes they might end up cobbling together a couple low wage jobs that don't actually provide a living wage for them. So many times we're helping families find either gain education, gain certifications in one way or another that will help them have a more uh, long-term self-sufficiency. So we'll help them create more of a career for their family that can help sustain their family. It's one of the things that I didn't understand about the organization because you hear you hear about this organization, you would think it largely focuses on adoption or foster care. But what you're saying is you're really working to make sure that a lot of these families don't have to get to that point. And that's that's a huge focus of this organization. That's what you guys were really trying to do. You don't Absolutely. want to have these kids end up in foster care. You don't want them to be adopted. You want them with their original families. That is, of course, the best outcome for children. And we have what we like to call continuum of care, where really we help children who are in very, very degrees of that situation. So we're helping children who cannot be with their biological family through foster care or adoption, but we're also helping children to stay with their biological family in many of our programs. And that's definitely permanent homes for kids can look like a lot of different things, but that's our biggest goal for children is to have a permanent outcome. A lot of the services that are provided to the parents, making sure that they get education, making sure that they can find a better job, they have stable housing, at least for a little bit. In that situation, what are the kids doing? What services and programs are provided to the kids uh, when the parents are doing their work? Absolutely. Uh, We use a parenting model called Trust-Based Relational Intervention, TBRI. It actually came out of TCU in Fort Worth and um, their Child Development Center. And we use this parenting model across all of our programs. And it works with children who come from hard places. So children who have been through some type of trauma and it helps those children heal from that trauma and find hope. And we use that philosophy across all of our programs. So parents in single parent family are helping, we're helping their children through that TBRI. And then also we teach that to our foster parents that come through our program as well, and then support them with that philosophy and help them to help children heal from those things. Are there certain ages that you deal with, whether it's the adults or the children, do you run the gamut as far as that's concerned? Who age-wise, who is coming into PCHAS? A variety of ages. We help everyone from, you know, infants uh, and uh, mothers who are in unplanned pregnancies, so even before a child is born, all the way through grandparents raising grandchildren. Mm. So we really help every age in between. So for the mothers uh, that are pregnant and they're not sure what's going to happen and and how they're going to do this, 
how does the organization help them? What are, what are some common things that you guys provide expecting mothers who are trying to figure out what the next step is going to be for them and for the baby? Sure. We have a variety of counseling services to help them make decisions as to do they have the support within their community to raise this child? Or if they don't, what are options? What do options look like placing that child in a loving home? Um, So we help them work through a a lot of those are very hard subjects, a lot of very deep subjects, and we help them work through what they feel is best for their child. And it's a very difficult decision many times, but it's a very loving choice for mothers to decide to place their child in in a home they know will be create a better outcome how important is it in educating uh just the adults that you deal with on the realities of what this organization is and what you're trying to do it, i think that we, we started off talking about how you have a preconceived notion about what this kind of world is like but it's really very different from what you think you think immediately like orphanage and, and you know the dust bowl that's not what we're, we're dealing with. So do you have to spend a lot of time educating the, the adults involved about what this is actually like? Absolutely. And um, we do a lot of ed- education on a variety of things, but a lot of that definitely has to do with what are the ways that we care for kids now today and kind of what are best practices. And our team is constantly researching and evaluating how we help kids and families and making sure that we're doing that in the best way possible today with the resources that we have and the knowledge that we have today. And it looks very different than it did in 1903. In 1903, a lot of children were coming to us because their parents were dying of of tuberculosis or scarlet fever, various things like that. Whereas now kids are coming to us for very different reasons because their homes are breaking apart and they need to find either a temporary or permanent safe loving home. So a lot of the reasons of why kids come to us has changed over the years, but PCHAS has changed along with it to help adapt and uh, learn how to best care for kids in the situations they're coming to us now. How do most people find the organization. So obviously CPS is going to be involved for certain aspects of it. When that's not involved, how do most people find PCHES? So we work with a lot of individuals who are looking to volunteer or looking to potentially become foster parents, or they're just curious about how they can help kids who are in hard situations. So a lot of folks come to us via either our website or social media, things like that. We also work with a lot of communities of faith and a lot of churches who are helping to make their members aware of ways that they can serve and help. Um, We also, of course, people come to us because uh, at times they're looking to uh, make a special gift or contribution in some way. So people find us when they're searching to make a significant financial difference as well. Is that how the organization gets its money? Is it largely through donation? So a large two-thirds of our income typically is um, in Texas is from donations and about a third only comes from the state. So even um, the only programs we have that uh, actually get state funding here in Texas is our foster care program and children who are in CPS custody. Um, and outside of that, we really raise all the funds to support our single parent family, our child and family, our transitional living, all those types of programs. We raise the money to support those programs. So for the kids and families that are involved with this, uh, like the the pregnant mothers, whatever, do they have to pay to receive the services of PCHAS? It is, is it all free to them? So services at PCHAS are at no cost. So um, our child and family workers, our social workers working in families' home, counseling families, there's no cost for any of that. 
and it doesn't matter their income level even mm. you know just there's no cost for anyone if you need help you can get help yes absolutely is the organization looking for foster families how do they start that process if somebody listening is interested in this what is needed is the organization looking for foster families? Absolutely. We are always looking for families who are willing to provide a safe, loving home for a child. And it's a big decision to uh, provide a safe, loving home for a child that you may not know. But our staff is well-educated, and they are wonderful at helping families walk through that process and make those decisions. And um, folks are always welcome to go to pchaz.org and find more information um, or call our 800 number as well and talk to one of our staff members. What about volunteers just in general? Are, are there other ways to help out the organization besides becoming a foster parent or doing something like that? Absolutely. We are always looking for folks that are respite providers, meaning they provide just maybe a day or two or even just kind of like a babysitting time for foster families and they actually help provide respite for those families. But we also are always looking for uh, child care for single parent family, what we call life skills classes. That's where we take the parent and we train them on various either financial things or various mm. like safety concerns, pool safety or whatever it might be that month. And um, that life skill, we are always looking for child care for the kids during those life skills. Do you guys develop relationships with them that, that last? Are you able to keep in contact with either the mothers or the foster kids or the families? Uh, is that a part of what Peaches does? A lot of our... Uh, staff members absolutely keep in contact with former clients. We, uh, on our Itasca campus, we've been serving kids there since 1905. And we actually have a reunion every year, typically, where those kids can come back to that campus. So we, we've we done, um, as one of our staff members says, once you're a Peachaz kid, you're always a Peachaz kid. So we do a great job of continuing to stay in contact as we can and as of course. clients are willing and open to. It's good to know that there's a community that is set up. I think a lot of times in these situations, one of the things you're really looking for is a sense of community, and it sounds like that's exactly what Peach has provides. That is absolutely what we're striving to. All right. So, unfortunately, we're already at half an hour. It was, it was nice and quick. Is there anything that you wanted to discuss? Is there anything that we missed talking about this organization? Like I said, at the top, we do have another representative coming in. But uh, is there anything else that you want to mention before we wrap up? Just that we are always um – looking for individuals and organizations and communities that want to come alongside us and help these kids and families. And we are just looking to serve kids and families like Jesus does and find that in any way possible. And at the end of the day, our goal is just to provide permanent homes for kids and self-sufficiency for families. And any way we can do that is great. The organization is Presbyterian Children's Homes and Services. You can find them online at pchas.org or give them a call, 800 888 1904. My guest has been Sarah Craig. She's their director of development. I'll be able to say that uh, eventually. Uh, It was great speaking with you. I really appreciate your time today. Thank Thank you you very much. Thank you so much for having me. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.